Hello and welcome to Improving Scottish Football. My name is Kieran, and on the episode today, we are going to be talking about the TV deal. Yes, it's that thing that we all love to criticise. Well, in this episode, we are going to break it down for you uh, and really dig into whether it's good or not, or if it's not good, how bad is it? Um, To do this, I'll be joined by Alex Marr. If you're on Twitter and you're in the Scottish football community, you will know Alex. Um, He is effectively a media blogger. I've also heard him referred to as a media encyclopedia, although he did make me promise not to call him that. Uh, So sorry, Alex. Now, just before we jump into the episode, um, a little note that I am looking for sponsors. So if you run a company or if you have some sway in how a company's marketing budget is spent, and if you want to reach an audience of hundreds of football fans, please get in contact. ImprovingScottishFootball at gmail.com. So sponsorship would help ensure this podcast sustains and grows. I'm obviously really determined to keep this going, but if there's any sponsors out there who who are willing to partner with me on it, that would be hugely appreciated. So if you can offer any help, please let me know. Improving Scottish Football at gmail.com. And now that that is done, it's on to the show. Right. Hello, everyone. I am delighted to be joined by Alex Marr. Uh, Alex, how are you? Uh, I'm doing no bad. No bad yourself. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. So can you please... Uh, Give us a bit of an introduction to yourself and, and just tell us about your connection to, to football, if you will. So uh, I, I suppose most listeners would probably know me uh, as the little cretin behind the keyboard of SPFL Watch on Twitter. Um, and uh, basically, I have an interest in all things broadcasting and commercial uh, in Scottish football. So basically, just write about TV and football <laughs> and all other things. I don't want you to do yourself a disservice. You're actually a, a brilliant resource um, via Twitter. You know, just giving you know myself and I think all of the Scottish football community, you know, a really good insight into what is actually happening. Um, you know, with all things media, and you're just great at breaking things down. So on behalf of on behalf of everyone, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's making me feel that's making me feel like sort of special more special than I actually am to be fair um I don't know I do like giving people a little peek behind the curtain I, I think people quite like that and I, I always want to know more about what actually happens and stuff yeah I mean but you know the, the amount of work that actually goes into you breaking down all the figures you know in terms of how much clubs get and you know what the tv deal is worth you know it's it's no small feat so um anyway there you go uh, that's the only compliment I'm going to give you. Yeah, I was going to um, say, it's got something to be all downhill from here, isn't it? Now I'm going to grill you on the numbers. Yes. So um, we're obviously going to talk about the TV deal um, and and just try and break it down a little bit because it does get a bit of a bad rep. Um, it's so easy for us all to, you know, to, to jump on the bandwagon um, and criticise it and say, why are we getting a crap TV deal? Why is there no money in our game? And, you know, Sky or whoever else, you know, need to value it more. But obviously, you know, it's not as straightforward as that. So 
yeah, can you just kind of give us a, a rough overview of 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 the current deal that we that we have that we've been working with, and also a little bit about the deal that we're about to move into? Yeah, sure. So, um, at the minute, Sky are the exclusive rights holder for the Scottish Premiership. Um, and they have the rights for up to 48 games a season from 2020 to what was originally 2025. It's now been cut back to 2024. Um, and they are paying roughly 26, 27 million pounds a season uh, for, for that. Um, basically, they have the rights, or they have the rights to show up to 48 games, the up to being the important part of that, um, which means four games per ground, which is quite a unique um quite a unique clause in television rights. Uh, most leagues don't have a have a sort of well most leagues show every game, but most leagues don't have a clause about how many times you can go to each ground or if you do, it's not as strict as as many as the game as the ground. It might be like a you have to go to every ground a certain number of times and you have to go but there's a maximum you can go to, but not as, as strict as the SPFL is. Um, there's also the bonus in recent years, in the last, pretty much this season and next season, um, pay-per-view is allowed for games that don't kick off at the same time as a Sky game uh, or don't kick off in the sort of 3pm blackout. Uh, so each club gets the rights to five home games that they can show on a pay-per-view basis uh, across the season. The new deal that we are way to move into um, from 2025, 2024-25 season to 2029, that's for up to 60 games. Uh, it's a small increase, um, so it goes from 26-27 million to 27-29 to 29 million uh, over the five years. Again, it's five games per grand instead of four, but it's it's the same, very strict, um, very strict clauses. Sky have to show a minimum of 42 games. Uh, and there's also two bonus packages up for sale, which Sky have first option on. Uh, those are two packages of ten games um, that can't take those games can't be shown at Celtic Park or Ibrox, which is quite an important clause in that. Um, and the those rights are basically there in case Sky don't want to show them. The SPFL can then sell them to a secondary broadcaster, so anyone from BBC, via Play, BT, um, yeah, Amazon, whoever wants them. Pay-per-view is also staying as well uh, for another five years. Again, it's 60 games on pay-per-view, five per club. Interestingly, not every club runs a pay-per-view service. I think Ross County don't uh, don't run one, which means that that 60 is immediately brought down to 55. Um, and there's other clubs that are, I would say, less than willing to show games via pay-per-view. Um, there's probably a lot more detail I could try into it. I'm trying to keep it fairly concise. Uh <laughs> Hopefully I've done sort of that. Yeah, no, that's good. That, that That's a good overview to start us out with. Okay, so we're we're roughly in the 25 to 29 million pound per season ballpark uh, just now and then moving into the future. What do you say to people who say that is pretty rubbish? I would say I agree to an extent. Um, I would say it's, it's undervalued. Uh, I'd agree with that. I, I would say it's probably undervalued by a scale of about 25% um, for the games that we've sold, which is quite an interesting lineup uh, I like to use. Um, the issue that has been done with the deal is the previous deal and this deal were both agreed at times when Sky's biggest competitor was going through a bit of turmoil. So with the 2020-25 deal, that was agreed when BT didn't have a chief executive. 
So uh, there was no sort of board ability to sort of sign off on any bids. Um, not that they, maybe they wouldn't have bid it anyway, but we'll never know. Um, and the same's happened again. Um, basically, there was no official tender process, um, although according to Doncaster and, and, and other people involved in the process that there wasn't as much interest. But again, BT were in the process of being bought out by Warren Brothers Discovery uh, and that deal hadn't been completed by the time the, the rights to renegotiation had been agreed. So again, that's kind of, I think there's two, that's, the SPFL doesn't do a great job of itself um, of sort of picking picking the right time to do these sort of rights renegotiations. Um, the big thing I would say, and I think this is the big thing you probably see on, on social media, is that we have a great deal per game. We get one of the highest per game revenues of, of a league, but almost every other league sells every game or sells nearly every game. We don't. So we have quite a like, and at the end of the day, it's not really the the price per game value that matters. It's the big number on the end. It's the if you if you can sell hundred games at sort of four hundred grand a season, that's forty million. If you're if you're only showing forty eight games at that, it's going to be significantly less. It's going to be it's going to be about twenty million. So that's kind of what the SPFL has kind of fallen into this trap of doing is they like to say we're getting a huge amount per game but they're not selling enough games. And the clubs, I think, are still in a kind of, I think what you would probably describe as a, an antiquated way of thinking when it comes to um, broadcasting. They still think in the sort of 1990s way of, oh, we'll have one game a week on TV, or we'll have maybe one or two games a week on TV. That's enough. When in reality, I, I would argue that probably isn't nowadays. I think you, you would be looking at maybe three or potentially even more games per week on, on, on TV. And... The benefits of that aren't like I would I would say that the benefits of that are, are outweigh the negatives. I think you're going to get a lot more interest from broadcasters if you're selling eighty hundred games a season rather than just selling sixty or eighty or forty eight even. Um, broadcasters want content; they don't want just a little niche. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, so we get something in the region of four hundred to five hundred thousand pounds per game broadcast. Is that generally about right roughly yeah somewhere in that that ballpark obviously um bonus packages that are taken and whatnot but roughly about that yeah what so one thing you know from what you're saying we could definitely do to increase you know money coming in is to televise more games right rather than just having yes it's great we're going from 48 to up to 60 potentially but... up to 80 potentially i should say potentially up to 80 because one of the justifications that i've heard and I can't remember whether it was Neil Doncaster himself who said this or not, but one of the main reasons for not televising even more games, you know, limiting it to the like, you know, to around 60 is the fact that Scotland has got the highest, you know, per capita, you know, amount of people going to games, you know, in person in Europe. And, and that's amazing. And this is something that gets banded around quite a lot. Like, you know, it's something that, you know, it's, you know, it's right that we're proud of it. But it's almost like sometimes it's used as a justification for, uh, oh, well, if we televise too many, you know, people will stop going to games and then clubs will use their, lose their match day revenue and, and stuff like that. But I, I mean, I would argue that, well, if we can sell even more games, it's going to bring more money in. It's going to enhance the product 
that we have, which is going to entice even more people to go to the game if they're watching better players in you know in a better stadium um, with a better with a better match day experience. Um, yeah, what are your what are your thoughts on that? I think maybe some games like some games will have an effect on. I think in England we have seen there's an effect on sort of midweek games. Um, maybe people don't want to go up to Dingwall on Wednesday night. I don't blame them, but I don't think it's going to make a massive. I think the massive impact. I think you're talking maybe a drop of maybe five percent, ten percent in crowds, and that's a worst case scenario. I, there's clubs in Scotland that have waiting lists for season ticket holders. Hearts have a Hearts have a waiting list. Um, Rangers and Celtic have waiting lists. Aberdeen and Hibs are, you know, they're eighty percent capacity most weeks. So's so St Mirren nowadays. You know, I think people are going to go to games if they're are going to go to games regardless. I think what's putting people off is you is isn't going to be whether or not it's on TV unless it's unless it gets put at a stupid time. If you're putting games at Monday seven forty five and stuff, that's that's maybe one one thing uh, that you have to worry about. But the, the league can can work with broadcasters or even better better still, they can do what they do in other leagues and just and set kickoff times for TV, which is what England do. And what Germany does, say, yeah, most games kick off at 3pm, but yeah, we're going to have one game at Saturday at 5.30, one game on a Sunday at lunchtime, one game on a Sunday afternoon. That's what most of our countries do. I think we need to be a bit more, you know, get with the times on it a bit more. Um, We've seen other leagues go from having maybe one or two games a week to every game live. And and I think there's been an increase in crowds uh, in most other leagues. I think using the attendance argument I don't really think it works. I think Scotland would still have the highest crowds per capita. Yeah. Regardless if we had extra 40 games a season on TV or not. Absolutely. Like people who still want to go to the football will still go to the football. Um, you know, it's so ingrained in our in our identity. Um, but yeah, I, I really think that, you know, selling some 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 more games would would obviously go a, a long way to bring, you know, to bringing in more revenue and by god, we need <laughs> we, we need, need to- Need we money. need some. Yeah. We need some money. But even even look at the Edinburgh Derby final day of the season this year. Oh, there was yeah. no legal way for a fan to watch that game because because of the pay per view rules, um, it couldn't be shown on pay per view because it was at the same time as a Sky game. Sky had wanted to show it live, um, but they'd messed up by showing Hearts Ross County earlier in the season, so they'd filled their allocation of games at Tynecastle, um, which meant you know the clubs were within within the rules to say no you're not showing it you're not paying us money to show it and then the game was a sellout so if you wanted to watch that game there was no option other than waiting till bbc alba at 6 p.m which is not you know let's be honest as much as bbc alba do a fantastic job with the production i think to cover the women's game brilliantly it's not really what people are wanting people are wanting to see a european shootout on the final day of the season Mm. same you know we're fortunate the same didn't happen in the bottom six where at least it was on pay-per-view but you know, it's it's very frustrating that if you actually make sure these games are televised, people will watch them. I mean, Ross County, Ross County Partick Thistle was watched by well over two hundred thousand people last weekend. So don't give us the argument that no one wants to watch Scottish football. People do want to watch it. People will watch a good game, and if it's a European shootout and then a derby, people will watch it. So, yeah, please sell more games. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, so. Good. We have we have agreed between the two of us that more games should be shown. 
that's fantastic. But the problem, as I understand it, is that this isn't actually really a decision for Sky or for the SPFL. It's actually for the actual clubs themselves because it's the clubs who put a limit on the fact that they only allow every ground to um, have you know TV cameras there four times a season. This will be going up to five times a season and five times 12 is, is 60. Uh, hence hence the the new 60 limit so why have we got and why have the clubs put this limit or oh, you can only come to our ground five times a season why are we the only country who have got this weird rule in place that then prevents sky from going and covering hearts v hibs so i think there's there's a number of reasons but historically it was a ranger and celtic thing because let's be honest they're the two best clubs People want to watch them most. I don't think that's a controversial statement to say. Um, and I think certainly that's the way Sky see it, if you see their selection of matches. Um, I, 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 traditionally, it used to be under the old Sky BT deal between 2013 and 2020. Uh, between 2013 and 2020. Um, it was, I think, something like six games a season at 10 clubs and four games a season at uh, at Two clubs, I think you can guess which the two are. Um, and I think this caused a lot of an, um, annoyance with the other 10 clubs. And so they decided, oh, we'll make sure it's the same for every club from now on. And then unfortunately, instead of doing the sort of logical thing, which most people would have gone, all right, okay, we'll make it six games per ground, we'll sell 72 games, and, and we could sell them to a single broadcaster and we'll have two, roughly two games a week. Uh, they decided to do, to do the opposite and sell four games per ground for up to 48, not all that get shown. Um, and and basically under a new deal, they've kind of they've reverted back almost because those bonus packages that I, I said earlier, they're two, they're two times 10 at the 10 non-old firm grounds. So you've kind of, kind of come full circle again um, from 2013, which is, is very, is very odd. Um, and I, I think, the, the logic behind it from regional Celtic's point of view was to preserve their season ticket sales. However, I I think their season ticket sales are going to be fine regardless. The idea that having an extra two or three games a season on the telly is going to stop regional Celtic fans coming, I, I find quite farcical. Um, I think the only thing that's going to stop regional Celtic fans com- uh, coming is them being bad, which, based off the way they're playing at them, specifically Celtic at the minute and then Rangers a couple of seasons ago doesn't seem likely they're still going to be competing for the league title and Champions League every season so uh, I, I think it's a very much a, an argument that's a legacy of a an era about 10 years ago which I don't quite quite understand but you're right it does come down to clubs but the SPFL is a members organisation it's a clubs organisation so I think there needs to be a lot more thinking from clubs and I think there needs to be someone involved at the SPFL or involved at that level that needs to be right let's think logically about how we're going to do things a rising you know a rising tide lifts all ships it's not just a isn't Rangers Celtic aren't going to lose anything by having an extra four games on TV a season if anything mm-hmm. they're going to gain more by having more commercial by a commercial uplift of being on Sky more often and having more viewers and more eyeballs seeing you know sponsors seeing you know uh, Daffy Bet or whoever the 
Rangers fans in his uni bet, whatever it is, um, that's what's going to bring in more revenue. So I think I think they need to think a bit more logically about it. So I want to come back to that in a second, but just a quick one for you. Is there any sort of get-out clause that you're aware of for this new Sky deal that's about to kick in, or do we just need to be thinking about this thing for 2029 and whatever's going to come next? There's no get-out clause. As far as I'm aware, there's no option. If anything, I think there's probably an extension clause in it. Um, although I've not I've not seen that report, and that's purely my um, hunch rather than anything else. Um, the league and the clubs are happy with Sky. I should that this is a point that as much as people moan about them, the league and the clubs are both happy with Sky. The only club that has really raised any concerns was Rangers. And to be honest, it wasn't really about Sky, it was more about the cinch deal um and the sort of follow-on from that. That was more their issue with it. Um I would say there is there are things the league can do um within the confines of the deal. They can centralise the pay-per-view offering as far as I'm aware there's no clauses stopping that so the SPFL could in theory merge their pay-per-view offering, put it as one platform in SPFL TV something I'm going to bang the drum about um, loads uh, if you follow me on Twitter already you've probably seen me tweet it about 100 times in the last three months um, that's an option they can do that um, that can be done tomorrow and it can be set up for August please do this please um, you know, so there's things they can do to increase revenue. They could, their international rights are are done by country. Um, as talent, that's all handled handled by an agency. Um, but yeah, that that's done on a sort of by country basis. So those deals expire at different times depending on when they were signed, etc. Like for example, CBS deal in America is up till 2026. Um, so there's still plenty of things clubs can uh, that the league can do to increase broadcasting revenue. Just the Sky deal is set in stone. Um, 60 games are set in stone the bonus 20 can go to Sky or can go to someone else that's it there's no get out clause hmm. okay good to know uh, right let's talk about centralised pay-per-view uh, pay in a second um, just a, a quick one you know, just so I'm fully aware of how the system works if um, you know if there is a, a consensus to let's say Okay, uh, let's lift the amount of games per uh, per ground shown every year from you know four or five up to like you know eight, nine, ten. Or if there is a, or if the clubs you know want to do something else that's maybe going to enhance you know their future you know TV deal or or anything else. How does that system actually work? What's the actual kind of voting system like? And and what are the how to you know, how do people bring ideas to the table and, and how do they actually get voted through? So you, it, can, it can come in a different different ways. It, it can either come from the league or from the clubs. Um, and they are, to an extent, one and the same thing. There's only, a, I should say, people say the SPFL, if it's, if it's this big organisation, there's like seven people who work for them. Not a big organisation, really small. A lot of hardworking people who work there. Well, I was going to say, so, so there's a lot of, <laughs> all the people who work there working their socks off. Um, the, the clubs can, the clubs will effectively agree with probably Neil Doncaster um, and then probably with a consultant as well, um, some sort of media advisor. They would agree a package of games that they are, that they are happy to sell to a broadcaster. There has to pretty much be a unanimous consensus. Um, they can't just go and 
it's not a majority. Uh, it would be, I think, minimum. It depends on how the how the vote is called and how it's determined by the SPFL board, but it would be probably an eight eight to four vote at um eight to four vote or an eleven to one vote. So it needs a very high majority to clear. And I think for broadcasting decisions it's eleven to one. Um so it's very much you need full consent of even two clubs, for example, who are not happy about them having to show more games at home, they could just scupper any idea. And they have done in the past. So, you know, it, it, it's frustrating. Um, I think it's really probably the only league that I can think of that has such a high bar to clear. Um, unfortunately, Aberdeen voted against uh, changing that at one stage um, and they could have they could have changed it to sit 9-3, which would have probably been a bit more realistic. It's a system that is just built to resist change. Exactly. It is... If two clubs are happy with the status quo, yeah, things are fine. You know, they're working okay. Why should we change them? Um, okay. Uh, pay-per-view. Centralised pay-per-view. Yes. You seem to have implied that you're in favour of this. So just talk Where to me. Where have you got that impression from? <laughs> talk to me like I'm a complete idiot, please, here with pay-per-view. Um, <laughs> just... Just give me a quick overview of of the of uh, of of your dream scenario here. What what would you really like to see, Alex? Well, so I, I should say at the minute, every club in every SPFL division, so going all the way down to League Two, has the rights to sell five games on a pay per view basis. This like any season, uh, you know, over the course of the season, as long as they don't clash with three pm blackout or in the Premiership a live Sky game. The issue with this is that you have 40, you, you could end up having 42 di- different streaming services. And that's what we have the issue with. We have about 35 because not every club runs a pay-per-view service. Ross County, for example, don't run one. Um, I think Hamilton don't run one. Um, and a few clubs in League Two don't as well. So at the minute, what you've got is all the clubs running different platforms, often on the same sort of website, engine system operating software that's the that's the phrase i'm looking for um and it's costing the clubs quite a lot of money to do what i would like to see is basically it's all centralized into one package where it can be sold as a season pass a month pass or a day pass so you're still kind of retaining that basic pay-per-view option um and instead of at the minute in the premiership we we had i think 30 games on pay-per-view last season um, and it ended up costing. If you wanted to buy all of them, it would have cost four hundred and twenty quid. If you're able to, if you're able to buy a package that shows all those pay per view games for ninety nine pounds a season or one hundred nineteen pounds a season, then I think that's quite a good deal. And I think a lot of people would buy into it. You only need a, if you only had forty or fifty thousand people buying that. That's a lot of money for a league over a year, even minus costs. You're still looking at seven eight million pounds, and it's a lot more than what clubs are making on pay per view at the minute. I spoke to a League One club. Um, who I won't mention, but they were making basically 10, 11 grand a season on pay-per-view under a sort of system based on, basically on, on these rough sort of figures. And it was paid out in the same way the SPFL pays out um, the cinch money and our other commercial revenue. They would be making double that, you know, and, and I think it gives us such a bigger option. We've seen with EFL 
they they've sold off their iFall service effectively to Sky, and it's ended up getting a, a huge uplift in revenue. It makes you more com competitive when you go in for a rights re renegotiation if you have your own service that's there. You know, it's the sort of thing that Viaplay would love. It's the sort of thing that sort of TNT with Discovery Plus would love. They could just buy that service and show all those games. It, I think now with the the ease of technology to do it, it's such a no-brainer. And it's something that I think can be done, as far as I'm aware, it can be done within the current um, parameters of the broadcasting deals. I, I, I think it's just, I, I don't I don't see why, any reason why you wouldn't do it. <laughs> so, so, so how does that actually, how do we take that forward? How would that actually, you know, um, get driven forward in real life. Does it does it have to go to a, you know a similar voting system, or does it just need someone at the SPFL just to go, guys? Here's what we're gonna do. So they can do it in multiple ways. They could do it from the sort of top down thing. Say, we're gonna do this. You you guys need to vote it through. We think we can predict that it's gonna reach ten million pounds of revenue over the next how many every years or whatever. So that's one way they could do it. One. They could also, the other way they could do it is they could let it grow naturally and they could sort of say, right, going to do it for Leagues 1 and League 2 and then over time we're going to add championship clubs and then more and more clubs will get interested in doing it and then it can sort of grow arms and legs. The issue with that second option is you could, you know, I would highly suspect you would get bigger premiership clubs that would just point blank not be interested in it just because it's seen as, they would be seen as splitting the revenue with other clubs. I think the best option would be be honest with the, cl the clubs all get together and agree to something like this. It's a scenario that seems like a no-brainer in so many different ways. Um, but I just, I, it would need the, the sign-off of the bigger premiership clubs. That's, I think, the, they're the only ones that would have a sticking point over it. I think the way that you would probably address that issue is that you say you have a Bundesliga-style TV split where they split it over viewing figures and position in the, in the league. Um, so the games that are the most watched on the service, uh, the teams that are most watched on the service get a bigger proportion of the revenue. Um, I can understand why that might not be ideal for everyone, but I think that's a better scenario than not having it at all. Mm. Okay. I thought far too much about this. <laughs> well, at least somebody is. I think that's actually one criticism I would, I would levy at sort of Scottish football generally is that I don't think there's someone in the room thinking about the sort of minutiae of how things are going to look. And they're not thinking about, wait, if we're going to have, you know, 48 games, etc., how's it going to look on the final day of the season? Maybe we should just do 48 games, but get a free choice on the final day of the season. And there's no, there's no restriction on what grounds you can go to. Because at the minute, the scenario you have, broadcasters want to have games up their sleeve. And then that means those games don't get shown at all which is kind of what we're seeing at the minute. Sky have only shown 41 and 42 games. It was their 48 for the past three seasons. Yeah, this kind of, four, you know, only going to four, uh, you know, grounds or five grounds per season. It's actually something that's bucked me for quite a while, right? Because it's it's not just about it then limits the amount of games that can be shown. It's also about the perception of Scottish football and how it looks to, you know, a UK wide audience and an international audience because the fact that you can you only get to see Celtic Park and Ibrox um, only four times a season when they are incredible stadiums 
you know, with incredible support and atmosphere, right? World famous. And also, you know, the other big clubs in, in Scotland as well. The fact you can only visit them, you know, four or five times a season. And the broadcasters also have to visit some of the smaller grounds and I'm going to pick on a I'm going to pick on a club here and I don't mean it I don't mean I don't mean any bad will um but Hamilton in in the premiership you know when you've got the TV cameras going as many times to um to New Douglas Park where there's only two stands that are that are not full um you know and just the way that looks the perception of that that being on TV as many times as Celtic Park and Ibrox, it, it just isn't a great look. Even worse than that, it's not. It's always when they're playing Celtic or Rangers, so it looks so fifty percent of the crowds at Hamilton, for example, or Livingston, 50, 50 plus percent of the crowd is going to be Celtic and Rangers fans, and it doesn't really, I think, show. And and it's probably going to be if it was Hamilton, it's probably going to be a one-sided contest. It doesn't look great on camera. Um, especially if that's the only game that week that's going to be on TV. And, you know, just one final thing, just to, you know, just to justify my point about picking on Hamilton. Um, you know, if you look at the, you know, if you look at the English Premier League, you know, they don't go to Bournemouth. They don't go to the Vitality Stadium as much as they go to Anfield, you know, or the, or the Emirates. You know, they, they, they know down there how to, be, how to pick the best product. And they're also, they also seem to be like super flexible in terms of, deciding quite late on what is going to be the best games to go to um you know or you know even like yeah for instance like when our split was called in the season just gone sky said okay these are the games we're going to pick for the next you know month and a half um and there was no kind of flexibility it seemed there to adapt that to actually some unfolding drama you know regarding you know the final Edinburgh Derby, for example. So I think part of it, if I'm being, this is probably uber critical. I think there's people high up at Sky that don't understand how the split works. Because it's, <laughs> and it, 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 honestly, it seems like that because it's the amount of times I'm seeing post split, they only show two or three games post split. And I'm like, the split's brilliant. The split's absolutely brilliant. So in, in the MLS, probably the closest that I can think of, when they do their kind of end of regular season. Try not to cringe when I say this. In the regular season, and then they go to their postseason playoffs. They call it decision day, the final day before, um, before, and they go to every game live and they bounce between the great like the games. And even better now that they've got Apple on board, who are doing you know brilliant job. Now they've got Messi. They must be absolutely loving the fact that they've got that as well. But um, but yeah, they call it decision day. They show every game live, every game in the Eastern Conference, every game in the Western Conference kick off at the same time. It's brilliant. I find it absolutely baffling that broadcasters, you know, aren't interested in that. All the games kicking off on the final day bounce between the grounds. It, it seems like it, it seems like something that I just don't think they quite understand. Um, and it's been around for twenty years. To be fair, still, still people who still don't understand how it works who go to games. <laughs> it's like I think a lot of times I've heard, but you play the same team, but. The team in seventh can have more points than the team in sixth, and I'm like, yeah, but they're different. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a different rant. Oh yeah, if you haven't got, if you haven't, if you haven't understood the split by now, I don't think there's much hope for you. Um, not the not the most difficult thing to grasp in the world. It's, it's not Belgium put it that way, where they have like 
just a complete conspiracy board of you can finish third in the second division and still qualify for Europe. Um, which, to be honest, like I say, as a Dundee United fan, I'm a big fan of now. <laughs> Suddenly became very much in favour of that. <laughs> um, okay, so we are coming to the end, I think. Um, Alex, we have only just skimmed the surface on all of this. So no doubt uh, we'll be. I'd love to get you back for a future episode and we can maybe dig in um, with our fellow nerds out there um, dig into some more um, specifics. A couple of things before I let you go, Alex. Um, the women's game. Just give us a little bit of an overview in terms of, um, you know, how, how the Scottish women's game uh, kind of fits into all of this and what their current situation is. So I think the increase in coverage in the women's game over the last probably three, four years has been nothing short of spectacular. I think in 2018, Glasgow City won the title in like a public park. And now we're having games on Sky Sports. Um, roughly how it works is Sky have the rights for five games a season. Plus they're also ha- have the title sponsorship of the League Cup, similar to how I play health for the, the Men's League Cup. Um, I think they're paying just north of half a million a season for that. They also have, they retain the option to buy another five if they want. Uh, BBC Alpa, they have the rights to show a, roughly a two games a week. It's a game and a half a week, I think, roughly. It's, I don't think they're paying much money for it. I think they're effectively just paying for the production costs. Um, and then BBC Sports Scotland will stream maybe a game, maybe two games a week on the sort of BBC Sport website. The bigger thing in all of that, though, is that BBC Sport are producing a highlights programme on a Monday night sports in swpl show which if you've watched it's actually very very well produced it's actually top it's you know really high quality all the games are covered really well commentators all the games it's not like a kind of 15 minute round up show that you sometimes see um i think broadly speaking it's it's more about if you think the sp it's almost the opposite to the spfl tv deal in many ways the spfl tv deal is about probably most bang for buck is what they would say um, whilst the SWPL is more about just getting the exposure. There's a bit of money involved as well, which is important, but it's mostly about the exposure. Um, I think it's probably the right balance they've hit in the fact that on the final day of the season, the two most important games in the SWPL season were on TV. One was on BBC Alpa, one was on the BBC iPlayer, and then BBC Alpa also swapped between the grounds when a goal went in. And I actually thought it was top-notch. But the way they covered it was brilliant. It was a bit odd that Sky had the camera in the cab where uh, Fiona McIntyre with the trophy and they weren't showing either game. I thought that was quite odd. Um, and they couldn't show the goals from either game either, which was very bizarre. Um, but I, I think it was definitely, you know, if you're looking for drama, you know, I think it's, they always talk about the Aguero moment um, in England, the Lauren Davidson scored the 92nd minute winner and then... Rangers scoring the one that was uh, an equaliser that was disallowed at the other end in stoppage time. It's brilliant. I think the women's game's going on leaps and bounds, and I, I think it's something genuinely to be excited about. Um, massive fan of watching the SWPL on TV. Still long, a long way to go. I think there's a lot of clubs, some clubs like Rangers Celtic take, and, and uh, Hearts and Hibs taking it really seriously. I think others are taking it a little bit less seriously. The women's side is just kind of like effectively they might just give them sort of loose affiliation to the club but it's going in the right direction I think there's it's undeniably going in the right direction and it's certainly 
one to one that will continue to improve over the coming years. So I can't can't get enough of it, and I think we we need to sort of shout about it because it is it it's good, it's exciting, it's you know profession, it's a professional league now. And is that TV deal, you know, for instance, Sky having five games, is that wrapped up in in the men's game, or is it a completely separate entity? I think so it was announced at the same time as the extension and it was kind of rolled into one because the SPFL is now kind of taken over the SWPL um, effectively just runs it I think it's probably a separate deal from what I've heard because um, th- there was the leagues weren't merged at the point it was agreed so uh, I think it might be a separate deal um, one thing to note I should say on this is that the new Scottish Football Marketing which is agency which is just launching at the minute in the process of hiring staff for it that's going to agree commercial deals across the women's game, the men's game, and as well as Scottish FA. So you might see like a, a sponsor have like advertising hoardings at all three of it, at like Scottish Cup, SPFL and SWPL. So that's one thing to keep an eye on in the future. Before I let you go then, Alex, uh, one final question for you. If you had a magic wand and you could change one thing about Scottish football, what would it be? I think it would be, well, I'd love to say it to give Scottish football one billion a year TV deal, but I think that's probably uh, unrealistic. Um, I think, I think for me, it would be for the people in charge of Scottish football, uh, Scottish football to think about how the game is viewed, both in a marketing aspect, but both in a broadcasting aspect as well. Both how do we watch the game, how do we consume the game, and how is that changing as we move into the twenty twenties and into the twenty thirties. That needs to be the priority and and making the most of that needs to be the priority. That's the way that's going to, I was going to say that's going to make Scottish football great again. That sounds very Trumpian. Um, (laughs) That's what's going, that's what's going to bring in the most revenue, make the clubs better. That's what's going to end up in having, I think if you can unlock that and you can make the most of that, so many more benefits will come your way because of it. I completely agree. Like we have to look towards the future. Uh, you can't just be doing the same old kind of models, you know, for decades and decades because, you know, we're just going to fall behind the times. Change is the law of life. Um, so, no, that's good. Yeah, we need to have some real kind of forward thinking uh, going on. Um, Alex, it's been a pleasure. Uh, would love to get you back on in the future. Would you be up for it? Yeah, of course. If, if, if you can bear speaking to me again and if people really want to people's ears aren't bleeding uh, after all this uh then yeah i'd love to come back <laughs> good stuff all right uh well until then alex uh thanks very much and uh yeah hope everyone enjoyed listening